Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today we have a very special guest, a lovely friend of mine, Miss Danielle Jonas. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Danielle is a certified veterinary technician, and she's the veterinary tech manager at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine's Small Animal Hospital. And today she's going to talk to us all about technicians. We have a lot of veterinarians and vet students on the show, but you will be our first technician, and I would venture to say that techs are the backbone of a hospital. Would you not? I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about, um, you know, vet tech school, certified versus not certified. We're going to talk about how veterinarians play a part in a clinic and a hospital. So stay tuned. Okay, Daniel, first thing I want to know, how, why did you become a veterinary technician? How did we get here? For me personally, um, this is actually my second career. Um, I started in social work, but uh, then kind of ended up taking a job at a practice kind of out of necessity when I had moved to a different state and fell in love with the profession and then worked my way up, uh, got certified and just stayed here. I, I really enjoyed it. You have a lot of animals. So have you always been an animal lover? Yes, I've always had animals. I grew up on, around a farm and had a lot of animals. Uh, for the students listening at home, paint a picture of the type of animal situation you have. Uh, personally, I have uh, nine dogs and two cats <laughs> and a screech owl. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that cute little screech mm, owl. Oh, yeah. we'll have to post a picture of that. What's that What's that owl's name? Holly. Yeah, she's really cute. <laughs> um, so Danielle has animals all over the place, and she also works with a lot of animals at the vet school. And by sure. animals, I mean humans. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so she helps run the volunteer. Are you running the volunteer program mm-hmm. right now? So uh, students can volunteer at the small animal hospital. So you see a lot of students coming in and out of the clinic, uh, veterinary students and pre-vet students. Correct. yes. So for the pre-vet students, let's define technician versus veterinarian. That's a good question. Um, So generally, there are just a very few small um, tasks that only veterinarians can do. So only veterinarians can do surgery and prescribe medications. Okay. Um, Oh, and diagnose things. Right. Um, Aside from that, we can do everything else as technicians. So when you think about a technician, uh, you basically should think about like a nurse in human medicine. So we do all of the treatments. We complete any sort of paperwork that is required um, to document things for the visit. We do all of your patient care, handling um, any sort of assisting with procedures, all of those sorts of things. Um, the veterinarians are the ones that are going to be making all of the big decisions. So people frequently will ask technicians, um, and this is a little bit of a uh, backhanded question sometimes, um, yeah. which is, so when are you going to go to vet school? Mm. And Mm-mm. it is not um, necessarily a path. Right. Um, it can be. Lots of people are techs and then become vet students. But for a lot of us, this is our career. Yeah. And my answer is usually um, I'm not. And the reason is because I get to do all the fun stuff without having to make all the big decisions. I hope my, my <laughs> audience heard what Danielle just said. 
She gets to do all the fun stuff without making the big decisions. And of course, I'm so happy that so many students want to become veterinarians, but being a veterinary technician might be a wonderful career for a lot of you out there. So how would one become a veterinary technician? That's a good question. Um, there are lots of ways to become what is the actual title of veterinary technician. So mm -hmm. it kind of depends on which state you live in, what mm -hmm. kind of your um, what the requirements are for that state. So um, in order to do the job that we are doing, we'll just phrase it that way mm -hmm. um, because you might be called an assistant or a technician depending on where you are. Yes. Um, you can do on the job, um, which is a lot of states such as Florida currently, we are not a required credentialed state. Right. So you can call yourself a veterinary technician and be doing technician work, but not be certified. Yes. Um, some states, such as New York, uh, for instance, um, you cannot call yourself a technician unless you are certified. Mm -hmm. um, but there are also assistant certifications that mm -hmm. you can do. So with that, um, in order to become certified, there are generally two paths. Um, one is on-the-job training. One is going to school. Mm -hmm. So um, there are school programs. Um, some of them are online, which are great yeah. um, because a lot of people are working full-time. There's not a way for them to just stop and go to school for a couple sure. of years. There are associates programs and bachelor's programs. Um, and then you have to sit for your national boards when you're done with it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then at uh, the other option, which is actually what I did, because um, at the time the person that I was with was also in school and so me going to school was not a feasible option. Mm -hmm. um, and the state that I lived in had on-the-job training um, as an option. So I had to work for two full years, have a veterinarian sign off that I had worked for two full years as a tech. And then I also had to take the national boards. Clearly, that was much harder Yeah, um, because I had to study all of it myself. Sure. Um, but yeah, take care of your boards and then you're certified for life as long as you do your um, continuing education requirements each year. Something that comes up a lot for vet students would be the debt load of their education. Oh, goodness, yes. So talk to me about the like the financial aspects of being a veterinary technician versus a veterinarian. How much does it cost to school on go to school on average? You know, what are some veterinary technicians making? I'm gonna assume they don't have nearly as much debt as a vet student. No, definitely not. Um, because it's not a professional school. Yes. Um, so it, it luckily does not um, carry as much, and it's a two-year program. Mm -hmm. Um, that you can do straight out of high school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, straight out of high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people do it straight out of high school because they know exactly what they want to do and they get going with their career really quickly as opposed to vet students who unfortunately have to do a bachelor's and then go yeah. to professional school, sometimes having to do a master's in between all of that. Right. Um, so our debt load is much lower. Um, I want to say probably on average it's like 20000 a year mm -hmm. um, for programs. Okay. Um, at the University of Florida, if you have worked here, I think for a year, um, we do we do offer that we can offset that, yeah, uh, which is really nice. Yes. And some employers will offer that. Mm -hmm. um, so we do try to really encourage people to get their certification. Florida will eventually be a certified state. Um, oh, good to know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit scary for people who have been working for a long time. That is scary. Don't have credentials yet. I get students who call me a lot and they're like, I want to go to vet school. Shouldn't I become a technician first? Mm -hmm. And they mean certified technician because I 100% think everybody should work as a tech or an assistant, especially in the state of Florida, since you don't need to be certified. Right. You should be working before you get into the field to know if yes. you like it. Yes. But what do we think about the students who are saying, should I go get certified, but I know I want to go to vet school? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
is it a really good experience and you get lots of education and you're going to walk into vet school with a ton more mm-hmm. backbone of what it is to work in this profession? Sure. Yeah. Is it necessary? No. Yeah. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with you that these pre-vet students should be getting as much experience within the field as possible. Yes. Whether that's volunteering for a lot of hours, Mm -hmm. really concentrated volunteering, um, not just showing up at a practice, you know, for an hour at a time. Right. um, But really getting in there and understanding what it is to do this. Yeah. um, Or working as an assistant or a tech. I think it's incredibly important. We see a huge difference in our students when they come on clinics from the ones that have actually had experience in clinics before and the ones that have not and have just done school. I'm glad you said that because a lot of times I struggle with, okay, this is a profession where it takes some time to get into. It takes a lot of um, a lot of science brains. It takes a lot of money. And we're asking our students to do so much before they even get to school. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, well, in other professions, we don't ask them to do that. Like if you want to become an you know, a a teacher, right? You know you want to be a teacher. You're passionate that you want to be a teacher. You go to school to be a teacher and you take a subject-based test and then you're in. But for pre-vet students, we're like, we want you to get hundreds of hours. But that's a wonderful point Mm -hmm. is that you're going to be so much more prepared when you get there. Yeah. I mean, you are literally dealing with people's children. Yes. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) You are expected to be able to be a professional in our environment and know what you're doing and be able to hold these animals. And that seems like such a silly thing, but you can see the difference between Mm -hmm. students who are really comfortable picking up a dog that's really freaked out and students who have never had to do that before, for instance. And it's scary. We get it. You're going to, you might drop this little two pound dog and that's really scary. Right. And we totally understand, but getting that experience and really knowing, is this something I want to do day in and day out? That too. Is so important. Yeah. So the competence and the confidence going into clinics by getting pre-vet experience and the confidence that this is what you want to do because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of time and money and effort. And that experience beforehand is going to make sure you know you want to do it. Right. And the other part of that is when you're in vet school, you get all these opportunities to join clubs, Mm -hmm. to get experience. Why would you waste all of those opportunities on just getting your baselines? Right. Like have all of that done. So you are kind of already know where advanced. you want to, you know, head toward. Yes. Um, and so you can be like, I, I love exotics. I want to really focus on exotics or I love shelter med. I really want to do that. Yeah, because the field is so diverse. Get that baseline beforehand. Right. Get exposed to as much as you can. Yes. Learn what you love. Learn what you need to work on. And then when you get here, that's when you get to really push forward. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So since you see so many students, yes. a lot of students want to come and volunteer and eventually mm-hmm. get a job. What are some key qualities for you for a successful student to not only volunteer, but hopefully for some of them, get a vet tech job in a small animal hospital? Yeah. So a major thing is being able to communicate professionally. Mm, tell me what that means. <laughs> um, good email etiquette. Yes. Reading the emails that are sent to you. Yes. You know, we try, for instance, with a volunteer program, we try to send emails that are so detailed about everything. Mm-hmm. And then people just don't read them. They right. respond back. And for me, as somebody that would be looking to hire someone, I'm like, I, are you able to read the details in this email yeah. and really get it? You know, what we're doing as a job is incredibly detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. So showing that in your communication style is very important. Yes. Um, being reliable. Mm-hmm. very important. We try to tell the volunteers all the time, treat this like a job. This is not, you know, you have to tell us when you're not going to be here. You're going to have to tell us if you're not happy with something so we can help you work through that. Right. Um, 
all of those things are super important. And then really caring about animals. You know, we on our volunteer application, it has a question about um, what is your previous experience with animals? And it's a hilarious question. Oh, God, I'd love to read that. So my favorite one ever was um, she did not have any experience except for when she was a kid. She had a pet snail. No, stop. (laughs) Oh, okay. Heads up, folks. We're probably not going to need to include that on our volunteer application. However, it has stuck with me for a long time because she was a really good volunteer. Hmm. Like once she showed up, she was in it. Okay. But she had never been around animals. It's a risky little game, guys. (laughs) So to say, you don't have to have been around animals to become a wonderful volunteer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we do hire a lot of people out of the volunteer pool, yes. um, which is a really nice thing that we're able to send out you know, emails to the volunteers and say, hey, there's an assistant position if anybody wants to apply for it. This oh, is what do it they is. get emails about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So if, if a service is looking for a pre-vet type, like that level of experience yes. going into an assistant position, then we are happy to send that out to the volunteers because they're a great pool. I'm glad to know that. For Sometimes I've thought, well, maybe we wouldn't want to hire someone who wants to go to vet school because we couldn't keep them as long. Right. But potentially there's a position open that needs someone to fill yeah. in for some time. Yeah, definitely the assistant positions yes. um, are frequently filled with pre-vets. Okay, perfect. Good to know. Okay, so now we've talked about finances, job outlook, what we look for in a student, why it might be a wonderful career path to become a veterinary technician. Um, We talked about certified versus not. What are some tough things that students don't think about? Because you see them from start to finish. You Mm -hmm. see the pre-vet students, you see the vet students, you see them become veterinarians. What are some things that pre-vet students need to think about in the field of veterinary medicine? Hmm. You're going to have long hours. Mm. You're not You're not going to leave at 5 o'clock. Right. And complaining about not leaving at 5 o'clock is not, it's not a good look. So okay. <laughs> recognize that we're here to treat the patients, and the patients are going to be here until they leave. So maybe your patient stays a little longer today, but maybe tomorrow you get to leave a little bit early. Mm. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, so professionalism in those sorts of things yeah. where you're, you need to be happy for the opportunities you're being given. Yes. And not complain about the fact that it's long hours. We all have long hours. I always try to tell people, like, there's never once been a day that we just didn't get to go home. Like, <laughs> You are guaranteed that every day you will go home home. at some point. We just don't know the time. Yes. Okay. Um, Be aware of what your stressors are. Oh. And attempt to mitigate those as much as possible. Yes. Experience the stress. Don't just push it down. Mm -hmm. Work through it. But know what your strategies are for when you start to feel that major anxiety coming on. Because just standing there crying in the middle of the treatment room. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Also, not a great look. Not a great look. Um, it's understandable. There's yes. lots of stress going on. However, again, professionalism. Yeah. We are all trying to do things. Right. And just stopping to cry in the middle of a treatment area sometimes. Sounds like not this has happened productive. in real life. Yes. And I am a full supporter of emotions and like feeling everything and making sure that you're not just pushing all of that down. But realize what you need to do to process that. So if that means, hey, I need to walk away for five minutes and tell somebody that. Cool. Start being comfortable saying that. It's <laughs> yes. a good – I'm glad you brought this up. Danielle could be a, a wonderful co-host because that's a good segue. <laughs> um, so, Danielle, I know you do a lot of mindfulness mm-hmm. and you practice a lot of growth, self-growth. Mm-hmm. It's important to you. And I would love for you to give some of your personal strategies to the students um, who are listening for how to help mitigate that stress. So what mm-hmm. are some things that work for you that maybe they could start putting into their daily practices? So it sounds so cliche, but like remember to breathe. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> remember to just stop and experience something. Um, recognize that things are emotional. Mm-hmm. Our jobs are incredibly emotional. In the veterinary field, you're dealing with really cute animals that are in pain. Yes. They're suffering. It's a whole problem. Sometimes you can't do anything for it. Sometimes you want to do something for it, and the owners don't have the finances sure. or don't agree with what you want to do or they don't believe in euthanasia, mm-hmm. and it's a lot to deal with. Um, we are going to have big emotional days. Yes. You have to figure out how to deal with those emotions and keep moving in your day, which is really important. Um, personally, I practice a lot of yoga. Okay. What um, kind of yoga? Spe- is there any specific type of yoga that you like? Um, I think everyone would be better off if they spent an hour on the mat doing yin yoga, which is uh, the most lazy kind of yoga. (laughs) And what is yin yoga? Uh, It is one hour of five-minute-ish holds of poses. So you're really only doing like six poses in in a class. Yeah. Um, But you hold it for five minutes. And what it allows that to do is to release your fascia in addition to your muscles. Mm -hmm. So you just let gravity do the work. it's like that. kind of amazing, um, but it's such a good practice of just sitting there and being quiet and working through discomfort mm-hmm. um, mm. because you're going to, in that five minutes, there will be times that you're like, oh God, I cannot sit here anymore. And for me, it's been a huge practice for my life. Right. Like, there's going to be times where you're going to get uncomfortable. Like, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> like, I do not like this. I'm going to have to move. Yeah. Um, so yes to yin yoga. And then I also do power yoga, which is just a really active practice okay. and where you like build your muscles and learn how to breathe better. Um, I love the metaphor of being on the mat and being stuck in discomfort because your uh, mat in vet school will be that clinical rotation yes. or that lecture hall or speaking with a student who doesn't agree with you about SeaWorld and you're going to have to sit there right. and be uncomfortable and yes. breathe through that pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. I completely agree with well, that. Okay, good. So yeah. yoga, breathing. Yeah. Get outdoors. Talk about Take it. Take a walk when you need to, guys. Yeah. Get up, go. We have hammocks at the vet school. Yes, we do. Go sit in those hammocks, yes. y'all. Like, just take a second. Um, go snuggle a cute dog, which sounds so cliche, but we have the luckiest job in the world mm-hmm. that even on the incredibly terrible days, there is something cute to snuggle. Right. What other office has that? Like, Oh, I've got nothing. And if you're snuggling something at work, you're probably doing something wrong, <laughs> unless you're a veterinarian. Yeah, y'all don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so... You can take that opportunity. We have wellness built into what we do. Right, right. Take the opportunities Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, don't sit and struggle if you can be proactive and do something. Exactly. To help yourself feel better in that moment. Exactly. And I like what you said about not pushing down the feelings. Feel the feelings. Feel the feelings. Right. That's the only way you're going to grow. That's the only way that you're going to actually be able to come out on the other side of that with a better understanding of why you felt like that Yeah. and how to make you not feel so much like that in the future. It, it's always going to be emotional and terrible, but yes. <laughs> things it's happen. True. It's, it's true. life. <laughs> Let's not be hypocrites. Let's mm. take three deep breaths, you and I together, okay. and okay. everybody who's listening, go ahead and stop right now. <laughs> and so are we breathing? In our, how are we breathing today? What's our? Are we breathing through our nose, out our mouth? Are we filling our belly? What are we doing? Um, I'm a big fan of the three-part breath. Tell me more. Um, which is all through your nose. Okay. Um, so you inflate your belly, so your abdomen mm-hmm. first. Okay. And then focus on getting the breath into your chest as okay. the, the second part of the breath. And then all, like, all the way up to your collarbones. So really expanding your chest. And then are we exhaling for the same amount of time we feel like? Yes, and in reverse. So keep your belly out okay. until the end. 
Okay. So we're not going to do three of those. We're going to do one, everybody. Yeah. And we're going to fill our <laughs> belly and then our chest and mm-hmm. then our clavicle mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to let it out in the same way. So everybody, whether you're in the car, you're at school, you're at home, <laughs> if you're snuggling a dog, take a second. And we're all going to just take some time to breathe. Okay. Three, two, one. That felt good. That I've felt never good. breathed like that before. <laughs> yeah. I've never tried to go up and then down, and mm-hmm. I like that. So it's I really hope meditative if it, you really get into it. Yeah, it is. I feel like it could take me to another place. Yeah. Um, so I hope you all tried that at home. We love trying this at so home. So feel the feelings, do the breathing, go for a walk. Get some yoga in. Yeah, snuggle a have- dog. Tell me what a perfect veterinarian to a veterinary technician looks like. What should these students aspire to be for their support staff? So here's here's my phrase. Let the techs do the teching and the doctors do the doctoring. You guys have lots of big important things to do. Go do those things. Give us the tasks and let us run with it. Trust us when we say that this patient's not going to tolerate this thing. We need to come up with a different plan. Trust us when we say, I don't think that this owner is going to appreciate the price of this thing. Um, You know, let us guide you a little bit so that you can just focus on doing the doctoring, focus on the next surgery, focus on Mm -hmm. getting these medications sorted out for this um, patient and let us do all really the the grunt work because we love it. That's why you picked it. Stop pushing us out of the way to draw blood. Like you have other things to do (laughs) and we are really good at it. Right. Let us be technicians for you let us support you oh i love that so much and it reminds me of like happy wife happy life yeah happy vet tech happy vet <laughs> yes. clinic happy veterinarian yes. let those who are trained to do what they do mm-hmm. let them do it exactly what have i not asked you what have we not talked about that you would like to impart on these future veterinarians and possibly now future veterinary technicians hmm i mean really just Enjoy this opportunity. We have such an awesome job. This industry can take you anywhere. Mm. And oftentimes we get mired down in the fact that we've got really busy days and they're stressful. and blah. But in reality, we have an amazing opportunity to see the craziest cases yes. and help all of these little animals. And we get to be there for the last five minutes of an animal's life, mm. which is huge. Right. Take that opportunity to be present and really give this animal everything. Yeah, think higher. See the forest through the trees. Yes. Like you said, the days are going to be long and they're going to be stressful. But you you all are making a huge impact, not only for that animal, but for the client, for mm-hmm. the community, for the field. It's a huge responsibility, but what what a wonderful opportunity to, mm-hmm. to be bigger than, yes. than the day-to-day. Yes. Well, I want to thank Danielle for being on the podcast today. What a lovely, uplifting conversation. I am happy to be I enjoyed here, Alex. it. Um, I'm excited that you all at home are going to start breathing more, mm. feeling your feelings, yes. and really appreciating the opportunity for the future career you can have in veterinary medicine. Yes. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.